Welcome back, magical and non-magical folk, to another episode of Have You Seen It? Where we take the plot of a movie and crush it into tiny, atom-sized pieces and give you some light film analysis. As well as give you, the viewer, a simple recommendation to see the film or not. We don't have complex rating systems here, folks. Just giving the streamlined version so you can watch the film sooner. Furthermore, we want to give you more movie info to help you to continue to grow in your movie buff power. I can foresee the potential groans since I've already made one wizard joke in my intro. So you may be asking yourself, oh geez, is he going to review another wizard movie? I'd rather listen to currently intense political discourse instead. Hold on to those preconceptions, folks. This is a different kind of wizard movie, I promise. This week, I was hypnotized into reviewing another new feature, since watching new movies always helps one to be in the know. So this week's episode, we will be discussing the long-awaited sequel, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Ooh. So get your wizard cloaks and whatever you like to have to watch a movie, and let's dive in into a realm of fun and excitement. Two things I need to say before we dive into the good stuff. I took a semi-short hiatus on a warm beach drinking orange juice out of a pineapple for a few weeks. I feel well rested if you wanted to know. Also, this episode will be dense with spoilers with everything about the movie since there's so much to unpack. So, gonna give you a chance to give this a pause, watch the movie, and come back later. I know I have done some spoiler-free episodes in the past, but this one is not one of them, and wanted to give you a heads up to enjoy the film spoiler-free. Okay, cool. I'll give you some time before you, we reach the point of no return. Do-do-do-do-do. Waiting for my alarm to go off. Do-do-do. Okay, cool. My alarm on my phone silently went off saying that was enough time to wait. I feel a little bit upset, folks, because I told my intern, Kevin, to get me an onion bagel and not an everything bagel with my milk. And it's also room temperature and I asked for it cold. Ugh. Sorry for yelling, folks. That's why... That's why you're an intern, Kyle. Not a staff member. Jeez. Anyways, let's dive in. This sequel takes place after several years and many, many adventures with Doctor Strange saving the world and the universe with his super friends in the other movies. You don't need to see any other Doctor Strange outing to understand, but the background knowledge helps since the story is heavily reliant on what's came before. In this edition slash adventure with our favorite Sorcerer Supreme, he attends a wedding of a long... Lost Love, Rachel. No, hold on. Sorry, I'm reading my editor's notes. Apparently, I confused the actress's name for the main character's name. So, thank you, Trenton, my beloved script editor. Of his long-lost love, Christine Palmer. Dr. Christine Palmer. Amazing. Also played by Rachel McAdams. Rachel! Sorry, I couldn't help myself. So many rabbit trails today, folks. Anyways... Trouble comes knocking when a young, superpowered teenager, America Chavez, is battling an interdimensional monster. Doctor Strange saves her and later learns she's been bouncing around the multiverse trying to escape these monsters sent by a mysterious figure. So he decides to help her solve this mystery and protect her from this incoming threat. He tries to recruit fellow Avenger slash new magic user, 
Wanda to help protect the child. Things escalate quickly when it's revealed that Wanda, going by her alternate and previous Fox-owned identity, the Scarlet Witch, is the threat and wants to take America's dimensional hopping powers in order to find her possible children in the multiverse. So it's up to Doctor Strange in America to stay alive as they bounce around several dimensions. Along the way, they'll solve many problems and meet lots of variants and interesting characters. Plus, this film goes introspective with Strange and Wanda themselves on their motivations, internal problems, and perspective on certain things that we will break down in a moment. What I like with this addition to the endless list of Marvel movies is the tone itself. It has comedy and horror moments throughout and establishes itself as doing its own thing. Sure, it has the usual hints, references, and cameos, which I won't reveal here at least, but it stands out with jump scares and other horror moments, which I love bringing something fresh to the table. So each moment of the film, you always fear alongside the characters knowing Wanda could be lurking around every corner, ready for the kill. Plus the level of design difference with each universe they bounce through is amazing. And I was ooing the whole time. Ooh, That's what ooing is. Plus, Strange uses literal music notes to fight an evil variant of himself. If that's not a perfect example of diegetic music, I don't know what is. <laughs> uh, diegetic music. Which we covered in a previous episode. Of course, I enjoyed the legend himself, Bruce Campbell, doing another cameo as Pizza Papa and always getting his dough slash money. The pun I'm still laughing about. Pizza Papa needs his dough. No, it's Pizza Papa always gets his dough. That's the line. The other elements that this film has stuck out for me is the level of similarities and motivations between Wanda and Strange. They are both generally selfish. Doctor Strange has to learn to allow himself to hold the knife, a.k.a. learn to let things go and trust other people. The hold the knife thing is a reference of just Dr. Banter. So learning to let things go, be less ignorant, and trust people. That journey becomes full circle in this movie. And compared to Scarlet Witch, who doesn't care about anything other than her own happiness, and she's willing to kill as many people as necessary to become the mother of the children, that they already have a mother. The kids don't get anything out of it. They're already happy, so who else does it benefit besides her, you know? Certainly not all the dead people or the universe that's presumably screwed since the Illuminati couldn't protect them, and many other reasons throughout the movie as well. With Strange, he wants to protect America and Wanda to be with her variant's children by any means necessary. Moving on. So for funsies, and since people love finding plot holes in a film, the interns gave me a list of questions for me to read and address of so-called plot holes in the narratives, so I thought it was great, and also, I need to apologize to our intern, Caden, for the outburst about the bagel. You're a valuable member of the team, and you can get whatever bagel you want. Hooray for conflict resolution. Woo! Anyways, let's get underway on our new segment called Devil's Advocate, where we address potential plot holes and try to give closure to the fans with these burning questions. Thank you, interns, for drafting these questions, and we'll do my best to answer them. All right, thank you, Caden. 
Enjoy your bagels. You're great. Okay, here's a good one. Why didn't Strange use the time stone to go back in time and undo everything happens in the film when Wanda kills those people? Okay, time stone and other infinity stones got destroyed in a previous movie, so that's a no. Sorry. Also, for Loki viewers, the TV show, there's no way for Strange to reach the TVA to pick up the many Infinity Stones that are there. Next one. Why can't Strange use the forgetting spell he used in a previous movie on Wanda to forget her murder rampage? I don't know. He could damage the multiverse further if he ever does it again. Moving on. Why couldn't America drop Wanda in a universe where everything is barren and nothing around slash makeshift prison forever? America couldn't control her powers for most of the film, so that answers that. Next, why does Strange use the same Dark Book, a.k.a. The Darkhold, to help defeat Wanda at the end of the film, where he shames her for using it herself with her copy of it? Okay, I'm going to assume he was feeling desperate and was willing to do anything to help save America, which includes using forbidden dark magic. There was no other way, as Strange likes to say. Next! Why didn't Strange just convince Wanda to stop her murder rampage and just help America control her powers? Then she can help Wanda go to wherever she wants to be as a glorified favor? Wanda is not thinking straight, and and they try to talk her down throughout the film with no luck. Next, where were the Avengers to help Strange in this struggle? Simply, they would need those actors, and that takes time and money for them to do a team-up movie. Next! Why couldn't Wanda move on and have another child with a new boyfriend or husband? She's fixated on getting her twin sons back, no matter the cost and means. Doesn't come to mind for her at all. Next, where do babies come from? Really? You guys ask me this question? Come on. This is a semi-family-friendly podcast, and I can't answer this. No comment. Next. Why couldn't Wanda go to a universe with Vision and her kids are around? She didn't consider it. She read, obtained, and was corrupted slash influenced by the dark magic book, Darkhold. So any other option you can think of is not an option for her. She is fixed on her main plan as the only plan while being mind controlled by the Darkhold, evil magic book that we already mentioned. Yeah. Hopefully this closes any plot holes you guys can come up with. Also, I'm not a scriptwriter, you guys, and writing a feature-length film is always challenging. So if you're asking, why can't everybody just get along, that's the nature of stories for movies, books, TV shows, etc. There's always going to be some kind of conflict. So no conflict means no movie. But it's also fun to nitpick and see the logic behind how the narrative was written. So overall, this film is a wild ride of many kinds. And it's my new favorite Marvel movie so far. I would highly recommend you guys to give this movie a watch. As always, I hope you viewers make informed choices in your film watching journey. This film is rated PG-13 and it's not a kid's film. Since it has horror elements everywhere, violence, blood, and minor gore throughout as well. So do not have small children watch this anytime soon. Teenagers and up can handle the subject matter, so you're good there folks as to where you can watch this film it will likely bounce to disney plus eventually as well as any other digital platform you can rent slash buy films digitally 
If you don't want to get the movie from the magic box in your house called the Wi-Fi modem, you can always get a hard copy of it on DVD or Blu-ray. Alrighty, I gave you guys an extra segment. I'll still keep the other two since you all love them so much. So you can have a very heavy content-filled episode just for you. You're welcome. So let's shift gears for our usual segment called Filmology, where we give a general term, role, narrative device, and more that helps make that sweet movie magic. This week's Filmology term is cameo. That simply is when an actor or actress or even a certain fictional character that you don't expect to be in a film just appears like magic. Oh, third or second wizard joke, great. This is usually a fun treat for fans to see their favorite characters interact with each other or a running joke with the production team and the director. Lastly, let's teleport to our last segment of today's episode called Fun Facts, where we give you fun facts about or around the making of the film so we can help you to continue to grow in your movie buff power. Here's some fun facts about the movie. Horror comedy director legend Sam Raimi has only seen four Marvel movies prior to accepting the role of director of this film. He has also directed and made a series of horror comedy films with the same tone as this film called the Evil Dead series. Those are rated R, I believe, so be careful out there, cool people. Another fun fact, the writer of the film, Michael Waldron, read all of the WandaVision scripts and viewed early cuts of the episodes prior to laying out the Multiverse of Madness story in order to ensure the best possible continuity. Thank you. Waldron also wrote the Loki TV series. He was very well aware of the potential TVA Infinity Stones plot hole we mentioned earlier. Can you cool people handle one more? Ready or not, here it comes. You might have noticed the actress Elizabeth Olsen does a great job of portraying the emotional complexities of Wanda and the Scarlet Witch, but you might not have noticed her erratic hand movements while she's wreaking havoc with her dark magic. You should. Olsen actually trained extensively with a professional dancer to get the hand movements just right in order to make the spell casting as authentic as possible. I thought that was cool. Well, thanks again, True Believers, for taking the time to listen to this packed episode this week. I'm going to a hipster coffee joint after this with the interns since they have a cold brew that what I'm told is OMG, the best thing ever. Hope you guys had a good time. Feel free to watch this movie or not. I ain't your mama. Now you can ask your friends this question. Have you seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness?